We're starting a movement with Lazy Boy. Well, technically, it's more of a don't movement. We work full-time and parent full-time. Our feet will be in the upright position, and our podcast will be listened to fully reclined. Now that we've completely checked off our to-do list, we'll be checking off our to-don't list until further notice. We, the lazy, are taking back lazy, all from the comfort of our Lazy Boy furniture. Lazy Boy. Long live the lazy. When you vacation with Norwegian Cruise Line, every day is a new day. Get a taste for Barcelona, then savor incredible dining back on board one day. Connect to ancient history in Athens, and then disconnect in our spa another day. Wherever the sea breeze takes you, come aboard and experience a different tomorrow with Norwegian. Visit ncl.com, call your travel advisor, or 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Norwegian Cruise Line, ships registry, the Bahamas and USA. The rest of my life gon' start today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Scumbags! Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Sirius XM Channel 159. All right, uh, let's get to the only thing that really matters the FIFA Under 20 World Cup that continues tomorrow. We've been doing pretty well with it. We haven't hit every game, but we've done uh, we've won more than we've lost. We've done a good job of identifying some of the big underdogs and having the courage to take them, and it's worked out uh, for us, and uh, betting the totals as well. Let's take a look at what we have coming up. So uh, this is at um, 2 o'clock Eastern, 11 o'clock Pacific tomorrow. Italia, Italy, minus 138. Nigeria, plus 333. Draw, plus 250. Matthias, I got to tell you, I miss our boy Ventra. Where's Ventra? Um, because I know he would probably tell us not to bet on Italy right now. I can't trust any Italian side in this spot, bro. These tournaments are pretty wild, This the under-20 stuff. I'm not ready to pull the trigger with Italy here. Italy and Nigeria, what's your pick? Yeah, Gabe, and you know what? You're right. It's tough to pick Italy right now. I haven't seen them play myself, but you know what? History states that African teams always do good in these underage World Cups. They're fast as hell. Right. They always uh, more athletic than some of the players, and they create more chances. And as we saw earlier today, how many chances did we see in that USA game? How many chances did we see in that Argentina game? There's so many chances. Oh, there's so many. And that's where that's where the African teams actually fall down the gutter. They don't put their chances away. But in this type of World Cup, as long as you create the chances. That's the best part of, of, of advancing in, in this type of uh, tournament. And Nigeria always makes deep runs, Gabe. They always make deep runs. When Messi won uh, the underage World Cup in the Olympics, you know who they, he beat in the finals, right? Nigeria. Yeah, they're usually good in the Olympics and this stuff, too. Um, Nigeria plus, plus a goal is like minus 165, minus 170 type of thing getting the Nigerians plus a goal against Italy. The total is two and a half. 
shaded to the under. I like finding good under spots. I'm not really ready to pull the trigger here on the under of this game. Another African nation in action here, Matthias, Senegal. They're big favorites against Israel. Senegal is minus 118. The draw is plus 250. Israel is plus 350. Senegal, an extremely dangerous side. I like the the I like Senegal here. I'll lay the minus one eighteen. Senegal beats Israel tomorrow. I, I, I like Senegal too, Gabe, and absolutely. And, and same thing like Nigeria. These African teams do well. I also like to take the over. You know, uh, there will be goals whenever these teams play. That's the thing. Yeah, African, and African teams, teams aren't the best uh, defensive teams either. They play attacking soccer. They do. It's fun to watch, Gabe. It is. And it also makes you, you know, if you don't score that many goals, it also makes your heart race if you're betting on the African team because they leave themselves open when they try to score a lot of goals. But exactly. hey, it makes for a fun <laughs> match. It makes for a great match. That's, that's fun stuff right there. All right, we have another one of these monster favorite deals with uh, Brazil. Uh, Brazil are 50-1 to 1 favorites against the Dominican Republic. They're minus four and a half goals. Let's roll. It's level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Brancy. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Series 6M Channel 159, Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates. Whatever platform, whatever city, you are throwing it down with us this evening. We're not done. Steve Merrill's going to step up and in and join us. Uh, we'll talk uh, Major League Baseball, NBA playoff, basketball. Uh, we'll get you some picks for the under-20 World Cup that has begun in Argentina. We gave you some picks for the World Hockey Championships that are in Latvia and um, and in Finland. You can't say that we don't span the globe on this program. And we'll give you some Major League Baseball. We actually crushed the Major League Baseball card uh, tonight. Wednesdays are always tricky, the getaway days, um, the early day games and stuff. And... It's just different, right? The day games are different. Number one, the lineups are usually different. That the, the the last game, the getaway games are the games that generally the players that are going to get rest will get rest, right? They don't want to play them a million times in a row and then throw them on a plane a couple hours right after the game on the getaway day like that. So that's that's a different scenario. Another thing is when these games are early. It changes everything about, like, their normal routine. Players normally get to the stadium, like, very early. Like, they mandatorily have to be there, like, five hours before. You know what I mean? So they got to be there, like, 2 o'clock if the game's at 7 o'clock. If the game is at noon, they don't have to be there at 7 in the morning. That's just stupid. So they're like the players, like, so in other words, they kind of are rolling in, like, at 9 or 10 type thing. (laughs) They don't take batting practice. You know, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is on this. The problem is, and we'll go over the pitchers after because uh, we're we're on a mini little uh, intro segment here. But I'm telling you what, there's something to it, right? They don't take batting practice. Dudes aren't in their normal routine and stuff. They just sort of show up. They wake up in a hotel. They have breakfast. They go to the park and they play the game. I'm thinking, like, no runs in the first inning tomorrow could be worth a look in some of these spots. But we got to see who's uh, on the hill. We'll go over with Steve Merrill. Steve Merrill steps up, and let's talk NBA Major League Baseball. we got a lot of stuff to get to still. A lot of picks to get to still. This is Sports Rage. Sports Rage. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Need a cold coffee with a bold flavor? Dunkin' Cold K-Cup pods were specially crafted for cold coffee. Brew over ice straight out of the Keurig coffee maker for smooth, delicious Dunkin' taste you know and love. Find your next Dunkin' Cold Coffee in the roasted coffee aisle. The path to retirement is different for everyone. And as life changes, so do priorities. Fidelity can help you get where you want to go. With a free personalized plan, goal tracking, and timely insights, you'll be set to take on retirement. Whether you're saving for it or already living in it. Get started at fidelity.com slash take on. Expenses charged by your investments and other costs and fees associated with trading or transacting in your account apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services member NYSE SIPC. Why pick one city, one beach, one restaurant, or even one view? With Celebrity Cruises, you can have it all. Explore the best of Europe, the Caribbean, and Alaska with the best premium cruise line. And now get 75% off your second guest, plus bonus savings on select dates with Celebrity Cruises' semi-annual sale. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Offer applies to non-refundable fares and select sailing. Savings vary by stateroom category. Other terms apply. Visit Celebrity.com for details. Ships Registry Malta. The Twisted Tuesday continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Baranci, Sirius XM Channel 159 of the Sports Grid Radio Networks. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be. Listening to us this evening, Steve Merrill steps up and in prosportsinfo.com, wagertalk.com. Let's talk some baseball, NBA basketball. Steve, always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? Doing well, Gabe. And uh, yeah, baseball every day and a little bit more of NBA to go still. You know what? And it's easy to say this now because we all thought that Boston were kind of going to tap out after after what happened in game three. But there wouldn't have been any NBA basketball until June 1st. Right. If this series came to an end tonight and I probably should have just blindly bet Boston because of that, Steve. And oh, yeah, what a shock. The extender Scott Foster was in the house tonight. And we don't have the game five officiating crew yet, but I'm pretty sure Brothers hasn't worked for a few games, so would not be surprised to see his stepbrother, Tony Brothers, as the game five extender. (laughs) So what did you think about this game coming into tonight? Are you surprised? I thought Boston, I didn't think Boston were going to get blown out tonight. I like Boston in the first quarter, you know, in the first half type of thing. And then I thought Miami would probably win a close basketball game. That didn't happen tonight. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, Gabe, if you had told me Miami was going to be up by six in the first quarter, Boston would be down by six at the half. I did not think they would turn it on like they did. So I, I agree with you. You know, I, Nothing surprises me. It wouldn't have shocked me to see Boston come out and romp like they somewhat did with the final score. But, yeah, to be down by six at the half and they basically outscore them by, I think, what was it, by 23 in the second half is not how I saw that playing out. So... I got to tell you, suddenly Miami sort of looked like the Miami team that you'd think they would be with the roster that they had tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Missing shots, turning the basketball over, and suddenly Boston played a desperate brand of basketball and looked like the better team uh, tonight. What do you think happens now as uh, the opening number? Boston Celtics minus seven and a half, total is 215. Yeah, first of all, you know, 
it's always about the three-point shot in college basketball, the NCAA tournament, the one and done. It's becoming a lot like that in the NBA. And if we dig deeper into the box score tonight, Boston was plus 33 points from three-point range. They won by 17. So that means the Heat were actually plus 16 from two-point range in the free-throw line, which in the long term is a little more consistent. So, you know, we have to be careful maybe not to overreact to this Boston win by double digits. If there is ever a situation where it should occur, it's with arguably the best team in the NBA, the Celtics, against an eighth seed. Um, so you definitely have to like Boston's chances in game five. And, you know, then at that point, Miami's going to be the pressure team because they're going to have to win game six. Otherwise, it's game seven at Boston, which teams automatically win. Although the Celtics have been better on the road in this playoff. So, you know, nothing would shock me. And uh, Miami could still get it done. But it's going to come down to three-point shooting. And if you can predict that, you'll probably have the winner. And the probabilities of Boston hitting their three-point shots. Every game, right. Yeah. Three, Another three consecutive games in right. a row is also improbable, even even if they play well. And it was pretty clear, like, early in the game, Boston were just taking, you know, one three after another, and they weren't falling. And I guess they made up their mind coming into tonight that that was the way to win this basketball game tonight. Now, they did compete on, you know, on the defensive end of the court. They made things tougher inside and they could you know they just they competed a lot harder uh tonight defensively but clearly offensively they were going to live or die with the three tonight steve and they were dying early uh with it the shots weren't falling but they just kept on taking them and then they started to fall yeah to put it in perspective they shot 34 and a half percent in game one 28 and a half and 26 percent in games two and three from three so obviously they were due but like you said gabe it's an excellent point do we trust them to do what they did tonight and hit 42% for another three straight games? Probably not. What do you make of the number at seven and a half? You know, the metrics yeah. love the, the Celtics all the time, and they're assuming that everyone's going to be betting on the Celtics. And do we buy in at the NBA would like this thing to extend even more after this? Well, obviously, you know, winning and covering by more than seven and a half points are two different things. Um, they'd have to win by four baskets, you know. So you could definitely see a situation in which, you know, Miami loses but stays within that number. And I know it hasn't happened in many games, but uh, the Heat have done it a couple times in the playoffs, and the, uh, you know, the opponent of the Nuggets had done it a couple times as well. So it does seem to repeat itself in the same, you know, amount of teams. Uh, and Miami, keep in mind, was an eight-and-a-half-point dog in game one, and they closed as high as a 10-point dog in game two. So this line is a little bit shorter, but I think we probably could agree that those lines are a little inflated as well. And listen, there's going to be a lot of talk about the Boston Red Sox comeback, and there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, can the Celtics pull this off? But let's not forget as well, the Miami Heat took the pedal off the metal when they were up 3-1 against the New York Knicks at MSG. They were flat. They weren't very good. And I was wondering, wow, was were they just sort of exposed and his reality kicked in for them? But no, they were good once again when they got back home. Now, I know they were at home, but at some point, listen, you know, this isn't the NCAA tournament, right, Steve? A lot of people in the media and in the handicapping world, we live and die with each game, but it's the first of four, and also because a team loses a game doesn't mean they're about to lose the series and completely collapse either. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that Miami routed Boston in game three by 26, um, and we know that, you know, quality Class A teams off a blowout loss has long-term been a nice 60-plus percent winning play in the NBA playoffs, and you know, it's different in game four. Everything kind of goes out the window in game four when it's an 0-3 series. Um, but in hindsight, it shouldn't be a surprise that Boston bounced back because they are in a good spot historically. Game five will be interesting. You know, if, if the Heat come out and get blown out, 
then you'd really have to be worried about him in game six. But then again, the NBA playoffs, the zigzag, even though people say it doesn't work, it does work. And, you know, teams can lose. Like Boston won game two against Philly by 34 points after losing outright as a 10-point favorite. You know, and the one that got me, Gabe, was game three. I, I really liked Boston in game three. You know, I still thought uh, they had a chance to get back in that series. Obviously, they had to win game three. They couldn't go down 0-3. And it's not that they lost. It's that you look in the middle of the second quarter, they're down by 21. I was like, what is going on? You know, that was what shocked me and why it was really hard to trust them tonight. And that's why I think a lot of people are so surprised that they played as well as they did uh, tonight. I got to tell you, there were there were parts of the game where it looked like Miami were going to take over and Boston really just were sloppy. They were turning the ball over. Their threes weren't falling, but they had the great start to the quarters. And I'm telling you, Steve, these games, I know it sounds cliche, but early starts are so important in the games and early in the games. If you're up really, really big, it's not like the regular season. Teams don't blow these double-digit leads as much in the playoffs. And or you'll see close games that just get blown open in the third. Or, hell, look what happened with the Lakers. And the yeah, Dallas I was just going to say. Yeah. They were and, up by 15. And what about game seven last week? Gabe Philly was up by six exactly. after the first quarter, weren't they? And they lost yeah, and they by they were down by three at the half, Steve. It was 55-52. Yeah. And, dude, that game was over five minutes into the third quarter somehow. They lost I bet the if you go back and look. Yeah, they lost the, the series quarter. within like three or five minutes, literally. Well, I told you what um, Rick Boyajas was the way Mary coach over 20 years ago. And I remember he said something to me like in 2002. And I still think of it to this day that the and this is college basketball, you know, 20 minute halves. He said the first five minutes of the second half was the most important part of the game, you know, other than crunch time, obviously. But his point was that's when you can tell which team is going to take control. And I've noticed it year after year. And I'm starting to think that would obviously apply to the third quarter, right? It's the start of the second half in the NBA. Um, and Boston outscored uh, Miami by 15 points now in the third quarter when they were down by six going into it. So I really think the third quarter, that's what Denver kind of did last night as well after being trailing, what was it, 15 at the half. So the demise of the Boston uh, Celtics has been a little bit prematurely announced uh, right now. But let, let's be real. There's still a lot of work uh, for them to do. Updated series price right now. Miami Heat minus 400, Boston oh. Celtics plus 320. Wow. Steve, I'm going to tell you too, you know, what do you make it a plus 320 to win three more games in a row like this? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of laying minus 400 on any circumstances, as you know, Gabe, but that, and like I said earlier, obviously those weren't situations where you had arguably the best team in the league against an eight seed, but still, um, you know, Miami having to win three straight seems kind of likely. To, I mean, the Boston winning three straight still seems pretty difficult. But, uh, hey, you can do the math, though. You know, all you got to do is figure out the money line of each game. They're about 75% chance to win game five and game seven, right? And there will be probably a slight favorite in game six if they win again. So, you know, the odds probably are better than we realize, and we could see history happening. I mean, if it's ever going to happen, this is a very likely scenario. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. We'll talk some baseball on the other side. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. 
Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Doors take us to summers away or winter adventures and afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next generation 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. The Late Night Anchor Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, including anybody here 1090. ESPN Radio. SoCal in the house. And let's talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, right now, as we have Steve Merrill in the house uh, with us as well, wagertalk.com, prosportsinfo.com. So, Steve, the uh, the Dodgers went to Atlanta after playing the, uh, the the St. Louis Cardinals, not exactly the easiest scheduling situation, and they played like a day game before against the Twins when they went uh, to the Midwest, and uh, they were small underdogs, and the Dodgers are rarely underdogs, but they were like plus 130 in the first game of the series and I took them out of principle because they were plus 130 and there was nothing overpowering about the Braves that I didn't think the Dodgers could win the baseball game and they had Gavin Stone on the hill and that's why the number was what it was and now tonight they called up their number one pitching prospect in Bobby Miller who had never pitched uh, in the big leagues uh, before but you and I talk about this Steve these pitchers that have never been seen before actually have an advantage I think a lot of maybe Newer betters or some people think, wow, this guy, whatever, he's going to be nervous or he's, uh, he's, he's getting called up. He's going to get rattled. It's his first start. And baseball, you know, the hitters need to see pitchers pitches a couple of times and before they start to figure it out. And a great team like the L.A. Dodgers were plus 170 tonight, Steve. So this my question is, and I my theory is sometimes you just have to play the number, Steve. Uh, when you're with, with a team as good as the Dodgers and when you're getting a number that high like that. Yeah, and that number was purely based on the pitching situation. And we talk about it so often, Gabe, about how the odds makers still over adjust for pitchers. And, I, you know, I like to look at offensive momentum. Dodgers are hitting the ball well right now. They've put up like five runs or more in like five of their last six games, I think. And by the way, the reason Miller was such a big underdog tonight, a couple reasons. Uh, last week, um, Dustin May gets injured, and manager Dave Roberts says that they're not going to call Miller up because he's not ready yet. And then Urias gets hurt a few days later and they have to call him up. This guy had four starts at AAA this year with a 5.65 ERA. So his stuff had not been good 
even at the AAA level. And of course, like you said, what does he do? He goes out five innings tonight, gives up one earned run and only four hits, five strikeouts, one walk. So just remarkable how well he pitched. And um, yeah, we'll see if he can continue to do it. But to be honest, the fade might be in a game or two, though, if he really doesn't have big league material yet. But it looked like he did tonight. And and also Spencer Strider's a big time public pitcher right now. And I get it. People love his strikeout props. And he cashed again tonight with his strikeout props. But he didn't win the baseball game. Uh, tonight, and you look at uh, his start against the Texas Rangers. Steve, he went five innings, um, four earned runs. He gave up six hits. He gave up two home runs. Yeah, he had seven strikeouts. You know, the game against the Toronto Blue Jays, they lost that game. He had 12 strikeouts. So there's, it's not an automatic that the Braves are going to win the game because Strider is on the hill right now either, and he's kind of overpriced. Yeah, he gave up two earned runs in six innings, but he actually was, like you said, 11 strikeouts, which is, you know, fantastic. But only five hits, but he did have three walks. And that's something that gets overlooked a lot of times is, you know, putting guns on base is basically as good as a hit in my book. So um, eight hits and walks combined is kind of what did him in tonight. So let's do we talk often about these um, the unusual situations when you're talking about some uh, some afternoon uh, baseball on Wednesday afternoons. But I like the Texas Rangers tonight. They lost the first game. To the um, to the Pittsburgh Pirates, so the Rangers and the Pirates play again. Early start at uh, twelve thirty Eastern time. Perez gets lit up, but he's one of these pitchers that gets a lot of run support because the Rangers are pretty explosive. So even though he's been hit hard, they actually win when he's on the hill most of the time. They're small favorites, minus one twenty six. The total is nine. What's your take on the Rangers and the Pirates game? Yeah, the Rangers have been a play-on team for me all season. Uh, you know, when we talked preseason, I mentioned they were kind of a play-on team. Them and Miami, I thought, would both benefit from the new rule changes. But Pitt, uh, Texas is a left-handed heavy lineup that really benefits from the shift not being allowed anymore. And uh, playing excellent baseball now, 30-18 and 18 on the season. Uh, Pirates had the second-best record in baseball less than a month ago, but they're now down 25-23. and 23. Uh, They did start playing a little bit better here over the past week or so. And uh, like you said, these early starts are tricky on getaway day. But both offenses in pretty good current form. Texas had 24 runs in those two games against Colorado, and now they've put up 10 the last two against Pittsburgh. So you got to like the over, maybe a Texas team total over as well. We talk about betting on hot teams. A hot team right now is as hot as the weather in the summer uh, from where they're from, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks just keep winning baseball games four in a row right now, eight of the last 10. Uh, Steve winning on the road uh, as well against the Philadelphia Phillies. And this is a classic case of a uh, falling knife and a speeding bullet because the D-backs are hot and the Phillies are cold. Yeah, and, and Arizona was a play-on team in the preseason as well for many cappers that I respect. And um, I was looking at them as well. And then, of course, Philly kind of automatically had to be a little bit of a play against this year. After making it all the way to the World Series, keep in mind they only finished third in their own division. They only had, like, what was it, 88 wins last year? And they made that run to the finals. So, Definitely two teams I thought might be heading in opposite directions. And in baseball, you know, we don't talk about a lot of situational handicapping, but you did get that matchup here. Arizona squeaks out the 4-3 win here on Tuesday night. And this is a team that's now won, if I'm not mistaken, nine of their last 11. And they've been a small favorite in a lot of those games, even a dog at times. Philly, meanwhile, has dropped, um, I think it's now seven of their last nine. So like you said, two teams really heading in opposite directions. Chicago and Cleveland is not a series that I've really wanted to get involved with just because I don't really see an edge anywhere. But I will say it's hard to trust the Guardians right now laying minus 148. Doesn't mean we have to take the White Sox, but I wouldn't be taking the Guardians here. Yeah, we talked about San Diego's understreak the last few weeks. Uh, Cleveland, uh, the White Sox, meanwhile, continue to go under the total. Uh, they go under, I think they've gone under now 10 of their last 11 with a push. So like 10-1-1. One, and one. 
and another ugly 4-2 game on Tuesday night. Uh, Cleveland not exactly smacking the ball either. They've had four runs or less now in four straight games and in seven of their last eight. So uh, once again, weird things can happen on these Wednesday games, uh, but it's hard not to look at the under. The last time uh, Joe Ryan was on the hill, it was a big hipster pick. Everybody loved the Minnesota Twins, and we're seeing San Francisco go into Minnesota and uh, and surprise everybody and keep winning games uh, right now. We were just talking about you know riding hot hands and and betting against the cold hands, and Minnesota on a little bit of a losing streak, three in a row. The Giants are on a little bit of a winning streak at three in a row uh, right now. But this does feel like a Minnesota spot tomorrow, but it is minus 175 right now. Yeah, but like you said, the Giants are hot. They've now won seven of their last eight games, a 4-3 win tonight. And the Minnesota struggling offensively, as is often the case. Teams that are not playing well are not putting up runs. Uh, this is a team that scored uh, four runs or less now in five of their last six games, three runs or less in four of those six. Um, yeah, you know, but once again, like you, you've pointed this out, Gabe, and I totally agree with you. These Wednesday games, you know, can be a little dicey at times. And we see things, especially these early daytime starts. Keep in mind, this is a 10 a.m. start for the Giants on their body clocks, uh, Pacific time, a one o'clock Eastern start on Wednesday. But with that said, San Francisco would be the preferred side. So we had a couple of blowouts, although Milwaukee and Houston's not quite the same blowout as the Toronto Blue Jays. What right. do you make of that when a team puts up 20 runs and wins 20 to one? <laughs> like, Are they going to be hot the next day? Or they, did they, did they, did they score too many runs tonight? What's your, what's your feel for that? It's Kikuchi versus McClanahan, and the Rays are two to one favorites uh, here. One thing we know about the Blue Jays, they're incredibly streaky. Their players are streaky. They're streaky. They'll lose four in a row. They'll, their players will struggle and not hit the baseball, and then they'll light it up. Guerrero had six RBIs tonight. I don't know. Does it carry over? But they are pretty big underdogs here at plus 168, and the total is eight in this game. Interesting, Steve. You have a total of eight after teams come by for 21. And what's also interesting, this line has really risen. I saw a early line this afternoon is minus 170. Now it's as high as minus 195, like you said, two to one now. Um, so even though they got blown out, the money's come in on Tampa here overnight heading into Wednesday morning. Um, Toronto's a play on team for me, though. I'd mentioned this earlier today. It was actually the free play I posted at wagertalk.com for Tuesday night was the over in this game. And one of the reasons I liked the over eight and a half was because I mentioned in my analysis that even though Toronto had lost seven of eight, uh, they're hitting the ball. They've had 33 hits the last three losses, even though they lost those games. You put up 33 hits, good things are going to happen. And obviously that offense was heating up with 20 runs tonight. And, of course, Tampa averaging six runs per game this season. They're not going to have many one-run games uh, when they always score one run. But this is a team that's now, I think, 7-9 and nine, their last 16 after that monster start. We all kind of knew that Pittsburgh was going to come back down to earth. We also knew that Tampa was due to correct. And I think we've also felt like Toronto's due to play well at some point. So maybe we're seeing that turn right now with a – play on Blue Jay team against a Tampa team that was due to cool off. And one of those teams as well that we discussed, the St. Louis Cardinals. And right on cue, they've started to light it up. And and especially offensively, as you stated, Steve, you know, everybody always talks about the pitching handicap and the pitchers, starting pitchers, and don't discuss the bullpen enough. And actually, ironically enough, don't discuss current form as far as offense, Steve. And clearly right now, the Cardinals are in good form. I know they've they've faced off against a couple of gas can pitchers, but they've taken advantage of it, and they've also put up runs against good pitchers as well. This Cardinals offense is hot right now. Yeah, and I've done research on this. You know, even though, you know, sometimes it's the level of pitcher, obviously, one game or other. That's why you want to look at five or seven games as a big picture because, I mean, St. Louis is a perfect example of this. They put up 16 runs against Urias, and then they get shut out against Gonsolin last week, right? 
And then they put up 6, 10, 5, you know, right after that. So you take out that shutout loss, they're crushing the ball. They've had like five runs or more in every Don't forget game. about that Boston, that Boston uh, weekend too. Right. Like they, they've been putting runs up for a couple of weeks now. And you and I talked about it too, like a few weeks ago. It, it just didn't look right. Pittsburgh's in first, St. Louis is in last. We kind of knew something was going to change there. And uh, so for the record, the St. Louis Cardinals are minus 164. Both the games have gone over in this um, in this series so far here. Cardinals are minus 164 favorites right here. They generally do beat the Reds and take advantage. The one thing the Cardinals are good at, beating the bad teams in their division. What do you think about the Cardinal game on the way out here? Yeah, Cincinnati's now lost seven of their last nine. So, yes, St. Louis team total over is probably not a bad way to look also. Steve Merrill. Always a pleasure. You can follow him on Twitter, at Steve Merrill. Follow him uh, over at Wager Talk. Uh, see the daily videos, picks, shows, podcasts, and everything else in between. Steve, always a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Thanks, man. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. Doors take us to summers away. Or winter adventures. And afternoon getaways. Your dedicated Fidelity Advisor can help you open those doors by working with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Because doors were meant to be opened. Visit fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimum supply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 